Hi, friends, and welcome to the RFWP podcast, where we are seeking truth and finding God's heart. My name is Lois McNair, and with me is my co-host, Emily Lewis. Hi, Emily. Hello. We have finally gotten around to recording. We've been goofing around for the last 30 minutes. At bare minimum, yeah. Bare minimum, 30 minutes. Yeah, trying to get our stuff set up, get our lighting just right. (laughs) Which, obviously, (laughs) mine is still not. I was trying to get rid of my shadow. You know, Peter Pan was looking for a shadow. I'm looking to get rid of mine, and (laughs) it's not going anywhere. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. But it's because I am... I'm not home, so we're recording, like, I'm actually closer to you, but I'm not really sure how much closer I am to you. I'm in Colorado. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember how close Denver is. I stink at geography, so I have no idea where you are, <laughs> except I'm pretty sure you're north of me. Quite a ways. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yep. So... Yeah, I'm in Colorado for work and for fun. Oh, good. Yeah. So the fun part is actually my micro joy. Okay. My, I have two micro joys. One is um, 6'2", and the other one is 6'3". So I have, I have my son Macaulay with me and his best friend Bryce, who is like another son to us. And we're in Colorado for me to go to work. And then I'm getting to spend time with them this week. We went to Garden of the Gods yesterday. Today they did some hiking and we, we um, just kind of hung out. And tomorrow we're going to Pike's Peak. And um, so, oh, oh and then awesome. there's, they're super excited because then I'm taking them snowboarding on um, Friday and Saturday before we Ooh. get back home. So, so jealous. That yeah. sounds so fun. So that's, that's a week long micro joy. Yes. Can I follow this up with a Tiffany-ism? Can I tell you her latest hurricane thing? Tiffany-ism. Some of the Tiffany-isms recently, the pictures that you've sent me, I'm just like, you can tell, I know you're frustrated and I'm sitting there just cracking up because, you know. Yeah. It's hilarious. It really is. Tonight. She took a drink out of my water bottle. It had been on my dresser and she's standing on my bed and she's already got into other things that she shouldn't have. She grabs my water bottle and I'm like, yes, yes, you can have that. She takes a drink. And then, not on accident, completely intentionally, decides to see what would happen if she tips it upside down and dumps my water bottle on my bed. So you sleeping on the floor tonight? I guess. You know, what spot on my quilt. Wait, 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 wait. Was it on your side or Bill's side? <laughs> it was on mine. It was on so, mine. So tonight you just, when you go home, you just say, you know, I'm thinking maybe I need to switch sides for a while. There's something going on with my back. <laughs> and ta-da, your yep. space is dry. Right. <laughs> Slick. Slick. Yep. Well, guys, right before we jump into talking about Advent again and this week focusing on peace, I want to remind you to go grab your scripture flips for stocking stuffers, for gifts. Kendra will be closing her shop temporarily. But oh, I was, I'm so glad you said temporarily because you said Kendra will be closing her shop. I was like, wait, what? 
Maybe okay. I should phrase it differently. But yeah, she's taking a break from her shop. Don't know exactly the dates. Um, like for holidays and, you know, just Right. To- so after, after the Christmas stuff is done, because she's going to go spend Christmas with her family in Colorado, actually. And, oh. Uh, hey, yeah. Kendra, come by and see me. <laughs> <laughs> so she will... So you will want to make sure you get your order in and to you before that happens. Go to scriptureflips.com and enter code RFWP20 for 20% off your order. (laughs) I think I can piece it together. (laughs) I was actually just kidding. I was just messing with you. (laughs) Yeah. Run. Don't walk to scriptureflips.com yeah. and enter RFWP20 for 20% off of your order. And you know what? They better do it fast. Yeah, they better. You know, I've Christmas seen so many the tweets or friends asking, like, what gifts should I give to my friend that's under $15? Or I just, I have this person that I want to get them something thoughtful, but I don't have a lot to spend. Man, get them a scripture flip. Get them a jotter. Yeah. Get them, you can find all of the stuff that you're looking for there at Scripture Flips. Yep. It's good. So to start us off, do you want to give us some more facts or history around Advent? Yeah, I would love to. Um, I'm hoping that some of our readers, some of our readers, <laughs> <laughs> well, well if, you, if you're reading the transcript, then yes, I didn't say that wrong then. <laughs> but for some of our, our listeners... Um, I'm hoping that you did some research since um, our episode last week for those of you who are not that familiar with Advent. So we already know that there are four weeks during Advent season and um, little, little known fact was for a long time, those in the East, more Eastern culture, um, Advent was experienced more like Lent season was where you fasted and tried to cleanse yourself of all the wrongdoing and this type of thing. And then um, at some point in the West, it became more celebratory. And so there for a while, there was actually friction um, between those two concepts of what we really should be doing during Advent. So I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. um, the candles for advent you know some people use a wreath and they light a candle each week some set the candles you know just out on the table um but one thing that for the most part there is um because of the themes there are three purple candles there is a pink candle and a white candle now there seems to be a little bit of discrepancy between Um, you know, the purple ones, what they stand for, the pink one, what it stands for. You know, I've read one, the pink stands for joy. One, the pink stands for love. And then the purple is peace and hope and joy. But the one thing that we find across the board is that the white candle represents Christ. And again, Advent season is not only the celebration of um, the incarnation of Christ, but also the anticipation and the expectation of Christ coming again. So, mm-hmm. 
yeah, just those are the colors of the candles and just a little bit um, about the history of how it became more celebratory and less like Lent season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. What's interesting as I've been looking at longer church traditions or um, like church history, looking at the liturgical calendar and right. that being basically the church calendar on how the first week of Advent in like the very beginning of December, the end of November is the new year on the liturgical calendar. Mm -hmm. And it's so um, fascinating and important as we think through what Advent is, because Advent is almost, a, you could say it's a season of Sabbath, which is a season of rest and celebration. Mm -hmm. And to start the new year, we usually look at Christmas in December because in our culture, December is the end and it's kind of like the big bang finish before we mm -hmm. go out. And on the liturgical calendar, it, Advent is actually at the very beginning and mm. we rest and celebrate at the beginning, just like Sabbath teaches us that we work from our rest, like Sabbath throughout the week. But right. Sabbath, the Sabbath of our year, which could, you know, could be considered Advent season, yeah. is reminding us that we work from a place of rest. We don't work to earn our rest because mm -hmm. so often we go, 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 and then we're like depleted and then we try to recharge rather That's than true. God invites us into rest first before we've proven anything, before we've earned anything and fills us so that we can go out and do um, right and minister. Right. And we've talked about Sabbath rest a few times on the podcast, and I don't think we'll stop talking about Sabbath rest, whether it's for a season, whether it's, you know, in that day, because um, Shabbat, Sabbath, um, is, is what we're supposed to be doing. And in Christendom, especially in Western culture, and then I think probably our Western culture, um, as missionaries and others have taken to other countries, we've gotten into this doing busy doing and the more I do for Christ the more you know and and zero biblical about that but right I guess again that would be another podcast <laughs> conversation but I but I love yeah. the fact that the that that the um that the season of advent it is the beginning of the liturgical calendar and it is the beginning of um just a, yeah, I like that instead of it just being New Year's Eve, New Year's Day in January. That, right. that is a calendar year, but yeah. I like that. It's good. That's good. So what's our theme for this week? Our theme is peace. Mm. And nobody wants peace, right? Right. No, nobody. I think we all want peace. Sure. I wonder if we're all chasing it in different ways with better systems or which is a great, I mean, you need those or chasing peace um, 
by way of getting things out of our life, and that's so necessary, but also just remembering that, I mean, you prayed it before we started, but Isaiah reminds us that Jesus is the um, wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. And mm-hmm. he is the ruler, like the author of peace. What's What him says that, the author of peace I shall see? I, I shall know him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he... I think you're right. Because our enemy is the author of chaos because mm-hmm. God says he is not the author of confusion. Our enemy is, and he's he's the one dividing and creating distractions through um, disagreements or um, chaos, fighting and striving. And like you were talking about busyness, mm-hmm. we think that busyness and hustle is a gift from God. We're supposed to fill all our time. And that's one of the biggest lies of our enemy. Right. Because stillness, God invites us to stillness. God doesn't ever invite us to busyness. Yes, full, using... Um, you know, counting our days and redeeming the time, sure. but not what not taking those verses and saying, "See, you should just be involved in as much as you possibly can." No, there's there's that margin, and that's why we want to focus on Advent during Advent season, mm-hmm. so that we're not distracted by other things, but really right. honing in on what God is doing in this season. Yeah, and Satan does like to distract us. I think sometimes he probably gets the blame for more things than he should because, you know, we have a free will and we make choices. And I guess yes. that could be a whole different theological discussion about yes. <clears throat> where those decisions come from. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is um, just the busyness and the distracting to me is just a precursor to Satan's character of kill, steal, and destroy. And I was just talking to somebody this week about that because our human minds cannot, you know, when you're in your right mind, when you're like, we cannot really completely comprehend pure evil. I mean, we really can't completely wrap our minds around Hmm. pure evil, just like we cannot completely wrap around in our minds, the sovereignty of God and you know, who he really is and his ways are higher. And so Satan doesn't just come at us like, you know, kill, steal, destroy. He, he starts with the smaller things, I believe. And I think distracting, busyness, um, taking our focus off of Christ because we're trying to figure this out or figure that out. And, mm-hmm. and then boom, <laughs> Mary and Joseph go to Bethlehem, probably ended up in a cave area is what a lot of historians say. Christ is born. And like we said last week on a very uneventful night, it's not like, you know, there were lights in Bethlehem and everybody's like, woo, it's Christmas time. Messiah's born. And we said last week, he probably, he wasn't even born in December, most likely, but that's when we chose to celebrate. Mm-hmm. So here's this ordinary night, and the f- and then we hear Luke chapter 2, verse 14, where the angels came 
and said, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, you guys are fixing to get really busy because Jesus wants you to do everything, to tell everybody to do everything in the church and all of that. That's exactly how that verse goes, right? Yes. That's that's yeah. the way I read it. Um, and on earth, peace, shalom to those on whom his favor rests. And I know that you have some really in, important thoughts about shalom and peace that you wanted to, to share with us tonight. Yeah. So when we look at the word shalom, and another way this kind of ties into um, us talking about Sabbath, we hear, you've probably heard the phrase shabbat. Shalom, Shabbat, or is it Shabbat? Yeah, Shabbat, Shabbat Shalom. Mm -hmm. Right, Shabbat Shalom, which just means peaceful Sabbath. But we yeah. hear those words together um, as a like a peaceful rest. And when we think of peace, we think of like the lack of conflict. We think calmness and stillness. But there's even a richer, more deep meaning when we think about completeness and wholeness and not just the absence of conflict, but then mm -hmm. the presence of completeness and wholeness. It's something in its place. It's yeah. not, um, which gives us hope that even in a season of what might feel like chaos or turmoil or questions or even busyness, mm -hmm. that there can be that that completeness as well, since it's it's not just the absence of something, it's the presence of calmness. And it reminds me of Psalm 27. Uh, talking, David is talking about salvation and how God is his stronghold. And at the end of the chapter in verse 13, he says, I am certain that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of, of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart be courageous. Wait for the Lord. And verse 13 is saying that we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it even again last week, I think. Just that abundant eternal life that starts now that we've been given in the land of the living. We don't have to try to think about um, removing ourselves from this world. It's n we're not escaping. Sometimes we get that idea that we just have to run away from the, the noise and the, the world. And drawing apart is important, but it's not an escapism. Right. It's just Especially in the last few years. Mm -hmm. The last few years that we've had, you know, uh, there is a, a strong desire for peace. Mm-hmm. But like you said, and I've seen this quote or meme before, you know, peace is, like you said, peace is not the absence of conflict or the absence of the storm. It's the calm in the middle of the storm or, you know, whatever catchy phrase. But mm -hmm. um, in that, when Jesus came in incarnate flesh, <clears throat> the Israelites, the people of God, were in oppression, and it just continued to get 
worse, obviously. You have to think about that same time. Um, Herod hearing about that a king is coming, having to kill all the baby boys, you know, a certain age. Jesus, and I found this in an article that I really enjoyed, Jesus brought about peace in the most unexpected ways when he arrived. So if you think about it, there were Jewish zealots. They wanted peace. They believed in Jesus, but they wanted to bring peace through fighting, like through conquering. Mm-hmm. Let's overthrow Rome. Um, they wanted a rebellion, a rising up. They wanted, you know. Right. Yes. Just a, they wanted their savior to overturn the oppressive rule of the Romans. This is an article from that I found on Christianity.com. But Jesus had something else in mind. And he brings peace in a number of ways because of his work on the cross. And you and I have said that over and over in this last year of podcast because of the finished work of Christ on the cross. That in itself brings us peace when we accept him. There's an inner peace. Um, not only do we have peace that comes from our assurance of salvation, David, the which you read in Psalm 27, that I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Like, I believe that. So that type of peace and that type of belief in the way that Jesus wanted to bring peace um, is a reminder of what Advent is. It is that coming, that longing, that expectation. But mm-hmm. what our world has you know, what we've dealt with the last couple of years, what we've dealt with, what, for forever since the fall, but what we've dealt with in the last few years, instead of making us more and more fearful, more and more hopeless, when there's hopelessness, people's spirits are crushed, sometimes beyond repair. But when there is the anticipation and the expectancy of the coming of Christ or the expectancy of, of um, his bringing peace and his return, it brings the hope back in. Mm-hmm. And as you stated before, you know, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. But um, you sent me a, you sent me a video from the Bible project And I just, I really do love the Bible Project. For those who are not familiar with the Bible Project, they have done so many short video explanations of different things in the Bible. And that, you know, everything is is so good about it. But you shared that. Yeah, so the author, he he basically, um, that shalom, peace, isn't just saying peace be with you. Um but it's also things being restored Mm. in essence the way they were meant to be so when when um adam Mm. and eve were created in the garden of eden and all of this that's the way things are meant to be right that wholeness that wholeness so we have that creation that's the way things are meant to be um And so when shalom 
is restored, it's that's the way things were meant to be. And the author um, from the Bible Project used the example of, for example, when Nehemiah wouldn't come down for the, from the wall and was going to rebuild the walls of the city that had been destroyed, he was restoring shalom. Mm. He was completing something that had been broken down. It was coming back together. And so it just, to me, that just reminded me of the anticipation of Christ coming because we have the creation, the fall, the redemption, the redeeming. He's our redeemer and he is redeeming things. And then the complete restoration. I mean, man, if we as believers can't anticipate that part of Christ coming during Advent, you know, I, I don't even know what we're doing, <laughs> you know, with <laughs> yeah. our time. So instead of focusing on all of the things that have gone wrong and the the hurts and the, it's not that I'm I'm trying to be a Pollyanna or gloss over all of those things. Those things are there and they're not going to go away until there's complete restoration because of the fall. But in the meantime, I think a good way for us to redeem our time is to be expectant and to anticipate yeah. the advent, the second advent of Christ, if you will. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I have a couple of thoughts. So Please. I love that you said redeem because God creates that wholeness and gives that wholeness out of our brokenness. Yes. And from his wholeness, he just gives us that wholeness. It's such a gift of grace and mercy and it's not that we have it all together. And that's makes me think of the peace that is just beyond understanding. It's that people look at us and go, I don't understand that. Or we even look at our lives and go, wait a second. There's like everything feels like it's falling apart, but there's peace. Right. That, that is just, it blows our mind that we can have that peace. And I give away that peace too often to whether it's scrolling on social media and watching the chaos around us. And then okay. I, I was wondering where you're going, like that you give that piece away. Yeah. So you're talking think, about that you allow these other things to rob absolutely. your peace. And it, mm. it reminds me of the verse true. in John 16. Um, Jesus tells his disciples that no, there, there's nobody that takes your joy from you. And that verse to me has always been like, oh, that means I have to give it away. Nobody else is oh. here taking it away from me, but I can very well give it to other things where if you read the news, it looks awful. If you look at your neighborhood, usually it's fine. If you look at your family, things things are so much better than out yeah. here. And we don't want to give our peace away to trying to looking at other things around us or yeah. giving our peace away to um, the way we think sh things should be. We were yeah. talking about um, stillness and peace, you know, in the chaos. A few years ago, I think it was 2018, it was the first time I'd ever done a word of the year. And the end, I think it was of 2017, God had started speaking this word for me, and it was be still. 
And it just felt mm. like speaking that word out over my life. And honestly, I don't know if I've moved on from that at all. Um, it's just something that's needed. But I thought when he spoke that word out over me and over like the year, mm-hmm. I really thought the year was just going to be a calm one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not. I know. I I have the most weird humor. I laugh sometimes at some of the most inappropriate times because it just, that just struck me funny. Like I thought the year was going to just be calm. I I thought he was like going to give us a, um, but that was such a, a big pivotal year for us. I mean, the Mm -hmm. twins were born that year. Um, that was the year our pastor was exposed. Bill switched jobs completely. And in all of that chaos or seeming chaos and busyness and life, that's where God wanted to teach me stillness and mm. not to be anxious over things or be running here and there to just be calm and still. Yeah. Like the verse in, in the Old Testament that says, be still and know that I am God. One of my favorite songs forever in mm-hmm. contemporary Christian music will always be a song that's, oh gosh, it's probably... It's probably more than 25 years old Um, by Stephen Curtis Chapman. And he wrote a song, be still and know that I am God. Mm. And the words are just, it's the most beautiful melody line. And it's just, you know, be still and know that he is God. Be still and know that he is holy. Mm. And then there are other lyrics that say, come rest your weary soul. Um, And just the whole, oh, you guys got to go look it up. Stephen Curtis Chapman's song, Be Still and Know. Be still. Be still and know. And um, in the midst of all the crazy and the chaos and the hurt and the betrayal and the fighting and the all um i think you're right i think that be still is it's a personal choice and it's a be still of you know inner peace you know are you gonna are you gonna trust me but i think the advent season of peace is is a reminder to be still like you said and just realize what he's done for us um I think we've we've I know for me personally but I think if you've been in church all your lives if you've been in church all of your life and you've and you've heard a gazillion sermons whether they were in context or out of context or you know you've been a a Christian you were saved when you were young you've been a Christian all your life I think one of the things that's very easy for us to do is to lose the thought of the presence of Christ and to lose the thought of the awe and wonder of the fact that God came and put on flesh. Mm -hmm. And then in that same way, he, he died on the cross and he rose again. And we forget that it's just facts to us. And we forget to just sit in awe of that and let it, let it affect our lives in every way. Mm-hmm. So I think this season of Advent, where we choose to anticipate Christ coming in to think about that. You said a minute ago something about the 
the brokenness and the redeemed. And I wanted to share with you something that, um, and with our listeners, something that um, I was introduced to in this past year or two, not really sure why I didn't know about it before this, but um, I, I don't know if I'll say it right, but it's called, it's broken art. And what broken art is called Kintsugi. Kintsugi. And it's the Japanese art of putting broken pottery pieces back together with gold, a metaphor for embracing your flaws and imperfections. Um, And so even though this is probably born out of, um, honestly, just the, you know, you can heal yourself, false religion, the whole part of kintsugi the japanese art of putting things back together is a beautiful beautiful analogy of what christ has done for us there's this beautiful piece of art things were peaceful and then we chose sin and things became broken and he puts things back together. There's that anticipation that it will be completely restored. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned that redeeming. So if I can find it <clears throat> while you're talking, I want to share with you um, a piece of art that I watched um, a young man do on stage a couple of weeks ago when I was representing my work conference. Mm-hmm. And we had this conversation afterwards Um, And it was just a reminder, oh my goodness, just a reminder of, of what this whole season is about. Because even though it's Christmas, it really is, the peace is really a part of that um, restoration of the way that things were meant to be, the shalom. Yeah. So you're talking about how we can forget the presence of God with us. Yeah. Emmanuel. Right. And we can get, I think it's distractions. And it, even when we're not doing much, it sometimes it's busyness that distracts us or other things in our mm-hmm. life that we just get distracted. So maybe after you show us that picture, I have some, some questions just to help us maybe sit with this and for you guys to sit with what peace might look like. Right. Um, so the artist was was um, painting this, and somewhere I have a picture of the completed thing. But basically, he was talking about the restoration and the redeeming, and so um, that type of Japanese art where things are broken and put back together with gold. Mm-hmm. Um, this was just amazing to me. And maybe, I don't know, maybe we can pop in a screenshot of it. But in the meantime, I'm just going to show it to you right here. Mm. So he's painting this on stage while a speaker is speaking. Hmm. And just to me, it was just an unbelievable analogy of the redemption because of Christ's coming and the redemption, and then the anticipation of his second coming, there, you know, 
I don't know, his scars are still there. So the scars may still be there, but we've been put back together with, with gold, you mm. know, with, with the coming of Christ, with the best of the best, with, with nobody else could redeem us. No one else could, could take care of that. No one else could bring complete shalom back to this earth and to our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when you started talking about that, it just, that reminded me so much of that, the beautiful restoration Yeah, that we have to anticipate. Mm-hmm. And that gives us hope. Like last yes. week's the focus, it grounds us in what and who is our hope. And that right. allows us to have peace um, because yeah. we have hope. Yeah. Yeah. And that peace, again, like we said, that peace is bringing things back to the way that they were originally meant to be. Um, and that full, complete peace won't come until Christ comes again and we go through that. But um, in the meantime, he does give us inner peace. Mm-hmm. Right. So for your study or for some quiet reflection time, I have some prompts that you can think through uh, that a friend of mine is leading a group through reading um, Luke as we lead up to Christmas Day and having some reflection times. So these are not original with me, but they can help us and guide us. So the question is, the first question is, what has been most unsettling for you this year? Or you could look and say, what has been most unsettling for you this week? And if you're a journaler, or if maybe you're not and you're an internal processor, but we can get still with these things and just think through all of them, jot them all down and be honest with where you felt unsettled. I think this, when he first said this question, I was struck by the uh, power in looking at the opposite of peace where we felt unsettled. Yeah. Because when we think chaos, we think, well, my life isn't chaotic, but we've all had those feelings of unsettled right? Um, in the last year, or you can look at just your week. And then the mm-hmm. second question is, how have I experienced contentment this year or this mm, week? That's good. And then a thought that you can take with you is, this week I plan to make peace peace with, and then fill in the blank, or I plan to surrender control over and then fill in the blank and just sit with those questions. Those are great. Is there any way that we can um, make those questions available in our, in our show notes? Absolutely. I could probably even come up with a PDF sheet that people could print. Yeah. Because I think that's, that's definitely, those are great prompts. And I think that's definitely worth the time. And, um, and then also I did finally find that picture. Cool. Um, so, so maybe we'll be able to incorporate that, um, somehow. Sounds good. So, yeah. Uh, you know, when we were, when Bobby and I, and I'll close with this story, but when Bobby and I had the privilege of being, 
in Israel back in 2011. Um, the natural greeting for the majority of the people that we encountered mm -hmm. was shalom. You know, that's how you greeted someone. That's how you said goodbye to someone. And then we were um, able to be in the center area right outside of the temple um, for uh, one of the Sabbath days and mm -hmm. on Shabbat. And, and so a lot that day we heard people say Shabbat Shalom. And for me being there, you know, for Bobby, it was, that was just amazing to hear that. Mm -hmm. But also I was reminded that that's the, that's the normal greeting. So how often when someone's saying that Shalom, are they really saying, you know, peace be with you, peace for you? And I'm sure there are a lot that are. But just like here in the West, in the United States, you know, in our Western culture, depending on where you are, um, mostly probably in the South, <laughs> people say, hey, how you doing? And keep walking because that's what we do. Hey, what's mm -hmm. up? You know, hey good. How about you? You know, mm -hmm. you're not really expecting anybody to answer that. It's just become a normal greeting until yeah. somebody stops when somebody says, Hey, how you doing? Mm -hmm. And they actually answer you. Yeah. Things aren't really that great right now. Wait, I, you know, I wasn't really asking you how you are doing. That's just how we greet each other. Right. Mm -hmm. But again, a reminder that the shalom, the greeting, we really should consider the peace aspect of that. I don't know if I'm, and if I'm, I'm saying that right, I'm trying to kind of parallel how shalom in Israel, you could tell some that were just saying shalom because that's how they always greet each other. Yes. And then there were others that said it with meaning that they really do want peace. I think, yeah, it ties in to our kind of that distracted, are we standing in awe and wonder? Are we really aware of this peace? Are we mm. deeply aware? So taking the time to get still and um, almost invite peace, but maybe in a deeper way, enter into the peace that God is inviting us into. Mm -hmm. um, like clearing the clutter, being aware. Yeah, that's good. Clearing the clutter. Hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for hanging with us, friends. I hope you're having an amazing Advent season. Hopefully it's not too busy, but even if it is, a busy season in your life. I pray that your awareness for God's presence that is never leaving you is just heightened as we are in this Christmas Advent season. Yeah.